This is the Ball Talk Pod. Evan Kinsey. Starting now. Good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in to the Ball Talk Pod with Evan Kinzer. On today's show, former Georgia Tech standout and NBA All-Star Kenny Anderson joins the show. Kenny, thanks for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. Just a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Kenny is regarded as one of the greatest high school basketball players of all time, being named as a four-time parade All-American, McDonald's All-American, and he won almost all of the major player of the year honors. And he also set the all-time record for most points scored in the state of New York. And after his marvelous high school career, he went to Georgia Tech after being named as the number one player in the country. In college, he was named as a consensus first-team All-American his sophomore year and also second-team the year prior. After college, he was selected as the number two overall pick in the NBA draft by the New Jersey Nets and played for nine other teams over his astonishing 15-year career. In 1994, he achieved a great personal accomplishment by being named an NBA All-Star while he was with the New Jersey Nets. We are very glad that we can have a guest with such a great resume as you do, and we greatly appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. It's been a it's been a great ride for me. You know, I played in the league for 14 years, from '91 to 2005. Uh, drafted back home, somewhat. You know, New Jersey Nets. Being back home in the metropolitan area was a blessing. I could stay. I could visit my mother every day. I could see my mentor, my high school coach, Jack Curran. Um, being back home was very, um, it was a, it was a, gr- it was great for me. Um, but it didn't start off well, you know. My first year, I didn't play a lot. Um, maybe it was a blessing in disguise, you know. Um, I, I played about 13 minutes a game um, with the Nets. My first year, we had Mookie Blaylock, who the coach, uh, the coach uh, Bill Fitch who was my coach at the time, um, just didn't, didn't play me for some reason. It, it was a, I, I come to find out, I just got caught up in the middle of a general managers and a coach's beef. I think the coach Bill Fitch wanted to draft someone else and uh, Willis Reed wanted to draft me. So I got drafted and I was in the middle of a, a beef with the general manager and the coach with the New Jersey Nets, but it all worked out. He got fired. They gave me the ball and, um, um, Chuck Daly came in and really let me do my thing. Yeah, as you said, you came in uh, immediately, and your team turned around from a 26-win team into a 40-win team. And you were um, on that team was an up-and-coming team uh, who had future stars in Derek Coleman, who was a number one pick a couple of years prior, and also Drazen Petrovic. What was that first year like, uh, turning the team around so quickly, and what do you think – um, what sparked that? Oh, no, just our connection. You know, Derek Coleman was the number one uh, player uh, in 1989, 90, excuse me, 1990, 90. He was the number one player pick. I came in 1991. I was the number two pick for the Nets. And uh, Drazen Petrovic was, um, you know, traded from Portland, Portland Blazers, Portland Trailblazers to the New Jersey Nets. So we kind of, us three together, was probably a, a good nucleus to start off with. We had Chris Morris, very athletic from Auburn. Um, Sam Bowie, uh, Benoit Benjamin. We had some talented players, but I think Chuck Daly, our coach, Hall of Fame coach who coached the Detroit Pistons to championship, he uh, he knew the pulse of the team, and he um, um, we, 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 we connected.
very well. You know, we was in that era of the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan. The East was very tough with the Knicks. Uh, Orlando with Penny and Shaq. But we was right there. You know, it was very competitive in the 1990s in that era. You know, but we, you know, with the Nets, like I said, with Drazen Petrovic, myself, and Derek Coleman, we, was a, uh, we had a very good team. And um, too bad, you know, we, I always wonder if we would have stayed there together longer, what would have been. You know, Drazen Petrovic got into a car crash and killed, got killed. Derek Coleman, after that, everything went downhill with the Nets. And Derek Coleman got traded. Then I felt I was on the island by myself, so I had to get out of there. So, you know, you just never know what would have been. Yeah, and a few years after being drafted to the Nets, you were named as an NBA All-Star while uh, with the team. What was that feeling like, and what was playing in that game like against some of the best players in the league? Oh, it was awesome. You know, it was a blur, man. You know, you you, you do all the festivities, and you know, I, I you know I have arrived. I, like I said, you know, I had a very I had an awesome first half of this. I had an awesome year that year, but to to make it to the All-Star team, and not only did I make it. I was voted on, you know, I was voted as a starter. So that means my popularity was very high and my fans really uh, supported me um, and then voted me on. So it was a great accomplishment. And it's something that I always, I live with, you know, that's a title that I can always have. Some guys play forever in the NBA, never make an all-star team, but I made an all-star team and it was a great accomplishment. You didn't just come on the radar when you started in the NBA. You were a great high school basketball player. Like I said earlier, you were one of the most highly rated. You were the most highly rated recruit in the country, meaning that almost every school would be trying to get you to play for them. With offers from powerhouse schools like North Carolina, Duke, Syracuse, among others, you chose to sign with a team that already had a superstar with Georgia Tech. What went into that decision to pick the Yellow Jackets instead of those other prestigious programs in the ACC? Well, first of all, you know, um, I'm from New York. Coach Crimmins, who coached me at Georgia Tech, was is, is from New York. He's from the Bronx. So he recruited my mother. My mother was uh, really uh, connected with him, um, you know. And then I fell in love with Atlanta, Scott there, and, you know, myself, with Brian Oliver and Dennis Scott. They, they dubbed us, you know, lethal weapon three. We all averaged about 20 points. Dennis was the highest. He averaged 28 damn near 30 points a game. Um, I think Brian Oliver was at 23. I was at 20. So it was very tough guarding us. And the way we played, we like to run, run up and down and a lot of pick and rolls and sort of like, uh, you know, um, had that like uh, coach just gave me the ball and let me run the team. So it was a great fit. You know, I had the I have the I had the talent, but playing with Brian Oliver, Dennis Scott, it made my job a lot easier. Yeah, clearly you made the best decision as your team made it to the Final Four in your freshman season, along with, like you said, Dennis Scott and Brian Oliver. I just that's crazy that you all three average twenty points per game because most uh, programs like are lucky to have one, and to have three all on the same team is just outstanding. Um, and really. It is nearly impossible to win big in college basketball if you don't have another star there to help you. And as we've seen in these last couple of classes, the highly rated recruits are uh, choosing schools that aren't as big as, say, uh, Kentucky or Duke or Kansas, and then they go there without any help. In 2016, I remember Ben Simmons. He was at LSU in 2017, Markel Fultz. And even this year, it's been Michael Porter Jr., uh, at Missouri, he's had who had success early on, but.
but he's now sidelined due to major injury. So now all three of these players will not have the opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament, and which you can probably attest to is something that gives you major exposure to scouts and all the other fans watching it. Uh, I just don't see why these highly rated recruits are choosing schools without a lot of help rather than just signing, you know, with a traditional powerhouse and be seen every single night on the ACC network, SEC network, um, or ESPN. With you, it was different because you already had established players on the team and you know what to expect. So what do you think about um, recruits now signing with teams that aren't as uh, prestigious as, say, a Duke? Well, first of all, I, I me, if you if you do my history, I you know I was the number one player recruited coming out of high school. I didn't really. I wanted to do something different. If that's the case, I could have went to North Carolina. I could have went to Duke. Georgia Tech was down when I when I chose to go there. I wasn't sure of how we was going to click. Dennis Scott was in his junior year. Brian was a senior. Brian Oliver was a point guard, uh, a two guard trying to play the point guard. So when I came in, it shifted everything. Everything came together. So I wanted to do something different. And I think a lot, and I tell a lot of these young kids that I coach and mentor that you got to go to a school that's going to benefit you, that you, you'll be able to showcase your talent. So I wasn't really caught on, you know, up on, oh, who's there? You know, are we going to do this? I just said, if, if I play my game, if coach give me the ball and let me play my game, I think I can uh, bring everybody together and, and make everybody better. And I happen to do that. So it's just a matter of you cho- cho- choosing the right school. I, I don't think you should choose a school because of tradition and that's been your dream. You come to a point in your career, in senior year in high school, where your, your game has might might have changed, and and that that university might have changed with coaches and things of that nature. They got it got a tendency. A lot of these college coaches have a tendency to lie to you. So as you go there, everything is shifted, and you know um they don't they don't they don't. They don't uh, they'll do what they said they was going to do. My coach, Coach Crimmins, I give him a hundred, you know, hundred ten. He was real. He was genuine. He gave me the ball and let me do my thing. All he said was, "Go to class, and the ball is yours." So it, you know, it, it fit me to a T. And I, it was like I was playing my senior. It was like I was playing my senior year in high school again because that's how I played in high school. I played like that in college my freshman year. So it, it really, really helps you if you have a coach that 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 believes in you. And, and gives you the ball as far as point guard, and that's what he that's what he let me do, and I fit it. I fit right in, fit so well with Dennis and Brian Oliver, Malcolm Mackey. Um, well, we just had a very good team, very close team. Like you said, you wanted to do something different, and you did just that. So, because um, you made the Final Four, which Georgia Tech hadn't done much. I don't I don't even know if they did it before you guys came there. Um, but you were able to make it to the Final Four of the NCAA tournament. And usually when you think of college basketball, it's not just one player. So you guys had three, and that's why you guys were so successful and you all bought in. Um, You also had some big wins that year against powerhouses, North Carolina, Louisville, NC State, and Clemson, who are all ranked. Uh, What was it like seeing your team make it so far in the tournament and take the team where, like I said, they hadn't gone very much in the past. It was great. It's very exciting. You know, my freshman year, everything was you know lined up for me. Um, um, March Madness is just a 
man, I, I, a great experience. Something I will remember for the rest of my life. You know, every time March Madness come around, I always, um, you know, I get goosebumps for, for some of the young kids that's playing in it now. You know, because I remember, you know, the hoopla each each week, you know, of, of the tournament, you know, you, you, you're up. You got to bring your A game, which makes it so exciting. Because if you're not on your A game, you lose, you go home. It's over. So, you know, we kept, you know, we kept winning. And it's a very exciting time. Um, and being a freshman, you know, it was awesome. But I was built for that, you know, coming out of New York playing at the high school that um, I went to Archbishop Malloy and growing up in New York city street, New York city playgrounds, the competition level was, you know, I was built, you know, to be competitive, you know, and that's what it's all about going out there, just competing. Of course you had a great college career. And with that comes scouts coming to watch you from the NBA at almost every game. What was the process of being drafted like, and how did it feel to finally achieve your dreams and get to the NBA? Well, it was a great accomplishment, um, making it to the NBA. Scouts, teams, you know, interested. But I think I was already, you know, I didn't want to leave college my sophomore year. I was wanting to leave my junior year, but my coach had did all the research. He said I was going top three. No, definitely top five. So he was like, you got to go, man. It's time for you to go. You know, chase, you know, uh, fulfill your dream, take care of your family. And um, so I left and, um, you know, uh, the New Jersey Nets drafted me number two. I was going to go top five. I, I think I, I recruited that year out of college. Uh, Sacramento Kings had uh, told me um, they had the number three pick. They told me that they was going to pick me. That's who wanted me the most, I believe, Sacramento Kings. But the New Jersey Nets had the second pick. And they, they kept me home, so it was very it was very big, very exciting. Something that also happened in your career is you signed, you went to the Boston Celtics, and you spent a long time there. Uh, mm-hmm. What was it like playing in Boston and watching a young Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce mature, and also helping them at the point guard spot? It was great, man. That's a sports city. That's something I would always remember. Once a Celtic, always a Celtic. And we I did some great things there. We went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals 20, 2002 against the New Jersey Nets, Jason Kidd and uh, Jefferson and, and Kenyon Martin and that, and that, and that bunch. And um, uh, we, we, we thought we, we should have won the series. We, we were successful against the Nets all that year in the regular season, but they, they got us in the playoffs and playing with Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker was great. You know, they were great young players at the time and look at Paul Pierce, his jersey's about to get retired. Every time I see it, it's just, he, he just had a great a career and I'm happy for him. He's a gym rat, good guy, and um, he deserves it. So it was awesome being a Celtic. I played five years for the Celtics and five years with the Nets. And uh, two and a half with the Blazers. That's where those three teams in the NBA. They, you know, that's where my finger, my my handprints is on. Yeah. You know, I played thirty five plus minutes for the Nets, for the Celtics, and for the Blazers. So those are the teams where I really put my mark and did a great, great job for those teams. And I love those cities. Portland, Oregon was great for me. Boston was lovely, and definitely being in uh, New Jersey, the metropolitan area where I'm from. New York. It was just awesome. You know, it was a great ride for me, man. I have no complaints. The Boston Celtics this year have been pretty successful as they went on a 16-game winning streak. Uh, What do you think of how the Celtics have played this year, and what do you think they can do when the playoffs come around? 
I, the Celtics are really playing extremely well. Kyrie Irving has come came come came over and really been a leader. But the two young guys, uh, Jason uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, are just awesome. And I think it was a, it was a blessing in the skies. It's probably it's it's it's, it's sad what happened to the, the uh, Gordon Hayward that came over and and and, and got injured, and, and and he's out for the season. But by that injury. It it it, uh, it speeded up the process for Jason uh, Tatum. You know, being a rookie, he's able to play more and really be a, a fixture on that team. I think if they, uh, Gordon was there, he wouldn't have played this much. His growth it would it would have been a slower process. Jalen Brown also has been getting a lot of lot of uh, more touches and being you know and being one of the, the focal point on the team. Uh, Al Horford, then you got the improvement of uh, Rozier. He's playing very well, so they got a very young team. They are they are set for the future. I'm not sure if they're going to win this year, but they are set for the future. Very young, very young, very talented players. Very uh, awesome coach and Brad Stevenson, who's doing a hell of a job. Uh, I think that they're, they're they're set for the future. And a person that not many people are talking about is their defensive stopper, Marcus Smart. Um, he's had. If you watch the game against the Houston Rockets, he had two late charges to put them in position to win the game after coming back from, I think, like a 25-point deficit. Um, he's really stepping up from where every, what Avery Bradley did last year and who's now on the Detroit Pistons. Um, but Marcus Smart has been instrumental to this team. And like you said, Al Horford, of course, everybody thinks – everybody knows Kyrie Irving is their scorer, but Al Horford has really been their point forward at center. It's weird. Uh, he's been um, – they give him the ball at the top of the key, and he just makes plays for others, and it's really helping the offense. And I give a lot of credit to Brad Steele for allowing him to do that. And then, like you said, in the future they're set because they have Gordon Hayward to like a five-year contract. And he's actually got off his boot about a month ago, so he might maybe return for the playoffs. Have that's picked this year. Um, so they can get another great talent. I'm really excited to see what the Celtics can do. Uh, and also, another thing that is interesting about you is that you now have a business selling cigars. Can you tell no, us what that is? Yeah, it's... Um, doing with it? I've been smoking cigars since 1997 when I got with the Celtics. And me and my friend, you know, about a year ago, sitting around and saying, hey, man, we always in lounges and we always smoke cigars. Why don't we do something to, um, you know, do it for a cause, a reason? So I created My Guy Cigar Club. You can go to the website, myguycigarclub.com. And um, there's just a reason why we smoke. I give back also. You know what I mean? It's not a, I don't, I got distributors. I'm getting in touch with all the different cigar distributors and we, we, we travel to different cities, uh, go to different cigar lounges. And we have silent auctions, got all my friends and some of my memorabilia, you know, we, we, we auctioned it off and then we have uh, rap, we raffle things off, um, signed autograph pictures and things of that nature. Um, and then we give back, you know, we give back to uh, a certain charity that I'm passionate about that I feel in my heart that I help. So, these events that we're doing, we're doing one in Pro Bowl weekend in, um, uh, in Orlando at the Corona Cigar Lounge. Then we're hoping to close this other deal out in um, L.A. during the NBA All-Star Weekend. So we do a lot. I got merchandise. My guy, 
cigar club hats, t-shirts. And so it's, uh, it's always, uh, you, you, you meet so many people. It's a, it's a lifestyle. You meet so many people from different walks of life. When you're in the cigar lounge and you're at one of my events, you meet doctors, lawyers, guys, you know, real estate buffs, all type of stuff. So all type of people you can relate with and a lot of business uh, ventures going down, you know, in these events, but also the main, main thing is, uh, smoking with good folks, um, and, and, and interacting and trying to help others through, you know, by smoking cigars, you know what I mean? So that's the main thing. You, like I said, you can go to my website, you can read up on it and it's been, it's, it's, it's been the members right now. You could be a member. It's only $50. You get a polo, you get two, two, two cigars and you can follow, you know, uh, you just follow us all over. We're, we're, we're coming to a city near you. We're doing it in every city, and uh, we're just trying to build up on it. But uh, it's, it's been going very well for me. Well, I wish you the best of luck in that, and I am I really am glad that you're doing it for a great cause. And another thing that you're doing is if my viewers want to listen to a great documentary about Kenny's life, check out his documentary, which is available on Amazon. Uh, Kenny... Tell us a little about that as well. Oh, my, my documentary, man, is awesome. Uh, Mr. Chibs, my nickname, but the Kenny Anderson story, you can go on Amazon and uh, check it out. You can buy it. What You can rent it for $4.99. You can buy it for $12.99. You know, it's been, um, they shadowed me for five years. Jill Campbell, my director, did a hell of a job. Um, but you know, being a child prodigy out of New York, all the obstacles that I had to overcome, um, single parent home, drug addicts, alcoholics, just all the obstacles that I overcame to make it to the NBA, to make it to college, to be a four year, uh, for all city player in New York city. So really deep, really raw, but it's very interesting. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's been going great. We've been we've been all over at different film festivals. So now the new year hit. Amazon took it. So it's been up there for about a week so far. And it's, it's doing well. So if you really want to know how a, a baller lives and what he goes through, you know, um, you definitely need to check out Mr. Chibs, the Kitty Anderson story on Amazon. You'll love it. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I check that out and just m- make sure my viewers hear it again. Check it out on Amazon. Uh, well, Kenny... Thank you so much for coming on, and I think we had a great show. Hopefully, you would be interested in coming back on sometime. Yep, my man. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Kenny. This has been our interview with Kenny Anderson on the Ball Talk Pod.